Greetings to each one. It's good to be here with you this morning. I guess don't get to Oasis very often, but uh, it's usually when I get asked to share a message that we get here. <laughs> so if you want to see me more often, you got to. No, I'm not asking for that. <laughs> okay, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we do come to you this morning. We do thank you for you. Thank you for being a God to us, a Father to us. Thank you for the work you have done in our lives. Pray that you would continue working. We do ask for your presence with us. This part of the service, pray that you would speak to us through your word. May I be a mouthpiece of what you would have to be shared here today. Help us to take what is shared and apply it to our hearts. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's been a blessing to be here already. Thinking about our minds and uh, having them in, in order. And then the butterfly. How many of us want to be butterflies? And we say that's the finished work is a butterfly. We want to be there. We don't want to be the wiggly worm. So maybe we could uh, take from that illustration and uh, we're going to think about uh, something that one of those phrases in the scripture that you say, mm, can I ever be that? In Matthew Five, end of chapter 5 says, Be ye perfect. Be ye perfect. That's the title of the message this morning. What in our minds, what do you think about in our English language? Let's put it that way. What do we think about when we think about perfection or being perfect? What are some thoughts that come to your mind? Without flaw. Good answer. Complete. Something that's perfect is complete. Those, those are good answers. Now, the challenge is, be ye perfect. Uh, can I be perfect without flaw? Be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now let's make it a little more difficult. Huh? How perfect is God? He's without flaw. So the dictionary says, without fault, accurate, pure, total, complete. Some synonyms. Ideal, model, faultless, ultimate. Unblemished, utopian, butterfly. Uh, the verb form, we say to perfect something, means to refine. 
to bring to final form. So the worm was perfected and became a butterfly. There's a simple phrase in 2 Corinthians 13. The 11 says, be perfect. It's in with some other things, final words, end of the chapter, and he's saying, in that list he says, be perfect. Now, what does it mean to be perfect? Let's turn to Ephesians 4. We can look at some scriptures here. <clears throat> As I was studying this word perfect, there was two different uh, roots, I guess you would say. Two different. There was the adjective, noun, and verb, form of those two words. So there were six different Greek words for the word perfect. Um, so, having said that, chapter 4 of Ephesians, he's speaking about gifts in the church. Verse 11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, we have the two different, two different root forms here. For the perfecting of the saints. What does that word perfecting mean there? It says means complete furnishing for the perfecting of the saints. The, the saints were, will be completely furnished. Now, looking at this passage here, I believe it's speaking of in a church group. Uh, I like to look at it that way. He gave different gifts to different people. And the church is complete if you look at the different gifts, um, one individual uh, in this passage here, one individual is not the picture of total completion. It takes different people in the body to make it complete for the perfecting of the saints. Now, the interesting thing is the where I was studying, it's called this the noun form. So, the state of perfection, I believe here, is what it is talking about. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The building up of the body. Complete furnishing. Let's uh, keep, our, keep our hand in there. Let's turn over to Timothy. Second Timothy. Chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to start reading in verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known 
the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That the man of God may be perfect. Now, I'd like to give a little bit of an illustration. I was installing doors one one day. I got to a job. And unloaded, put my tool belt on. I thought, oh, I'm going to check this opening, make sure it's the door fits. Maybe I should have done that before I got everything out. But went to my tool pouch. Oh, where's my tape measure? Hmm. Ah, I used it at home. And I didn't put it back with my tools. Now what? Can I can I install this door without a tape measure and you know, driving down the road somewhere, pick one up. But well the door will probably fit, but you know what? I gotta do back hangers, I gotta measure what length to make the back hangers. This is I, I gotta get a tape measure. What did I do? Take my tool belt off, drove to the closest hardware store, got a tape measure. Came back, and then I could do my job. Then I had all of my tools that I needed. That the man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished. He had everything he needed. And what is, it, what is it referring to? The scriptures. The Bible gives us what we need. In there we can find what we need. We got all the tools we need. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So that's a picture of being, having all that we need completely and thoroughly furnished. Now, back to that, <clears throat> that phrase in 2 Corinthians 13. I, I'm going to turn to that one just. That was a challenge. Um, given to the Corinthians, Second Corinthians 13, that says, Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Be perfect. Be totally uh, fitted with all the tools that you need. Now, here's another interesting way that this same word is used. The disciples went fishing and they found some holes in their nets. 
And the word mending is the same word. Mending their nets. They were perfecting, making perfect. First Thessalonians 3.10 speaks of perfecting that thing which was lacking. First Corinthians 10. <clears throat> Should turn to that one. Chapter 1, verse 10. First Corinthians 1, 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Perfectly joined together. I didn't do a lot of meditating on that one, but sometimes it's a challenge to be perfectly thinking the same as everybody else. But I guess what I'd like to say is, are we, are we fully balanced? Are we complete in what we're thinking? Perfectly joined together. That's pretty close-knit. Perfectly joined together. Now, back to Ephesians 4. And verse 13 says, To we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, here here we're going to the other Greek word. There's a lot of similarities, but this one has more to do with maturity, being perfect, being complete. Um, and we could go to the illustration of the butterfly. We all want to be at the butterfly stage. Anything less than the butterfly is incomplete. We're not the finished. We're not the finished product yet. Unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I guess the one thing that I think about in this one, like was said, coming into that butterfly stage, uh, we can do, we can try different things in our lives to fill that spot that only God can fill. There's a a void, a vacuum in our lives that only God can fill. So, perfection comes when we say yes to Christ. We are now complete. We have something was missing, but it's there now. Does that mean that we are altogether complete at that point there's some perfecting yet to be done so we are perfect because of Christ and yet there is perfection that is going to be happening 
Hebrews 2, verse 10. Who would we say was the perfect man that lived on this earth? Jesus. Jesus was a perfect man, right? Without flaw, without sin. Did he need any perfecting done? Let's read uh, verse 9, chapter 2 of Hebrews. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Jesus was not complete until he suffered. He became a better captain of our salvation by what he suffered. He went through some things as a man that made him a better person to relate to us. Uh, that high priest. Chapter 4. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched. That means we have a high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He didn't have those infirmities before he became man and experienced some of those things. He was pointed in all... T- he was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin so Jesus became more rounded out more perfect one thing that becomes perfected in us 1 John 4.12 his love is perfected in us I should look at that. See what the context. First John four twelve. Four. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Our love needs perfected by God's love. Is that why it's, what it's saying there? I think that's probably what it's meaning. His love is perfected in us. Our love is made more perfect because of God's love in our hearts. Hebrews. Hebrews 5. We're thinking about perfection here, meaning maturity and being complete. Hebrews 5.12 For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teacheth you 
again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those by reason of strength, who by reason of strength, reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, the word in here that is the same as perfect is full age. Strong meat belongeth to them who are of full age, those that are mature. Contrasting those that are into milk instead of meat. And then chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So, you want a good discussion this afternoon? What does it mean to go on to perfection? There's some basics here, some foundations, but how do we go on to perfection? And the strong meat. <clears throat> Hebrews 10, verse 14. Verse 9, Hebrews 10, 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every high priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. So there was a perfect offering. All the offerings up to this point were not complete. There was something missing. It was only Jesus' blood that was able to complete God's uh, plan. Let's turn over to James. James chapter 1. Verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. Let patience perfect us. Let, let's just be patient. When God is working with us, he is perfecting us. That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You have the picture of being complete. Sometimes we complain when God brings troubles into our lives but I think here it's saying he is in the process of perfecting us 
chapter 12 of Hebrews. No chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Those that allow God to work in their lives. Chapter 3 of James. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. This is one passage that I thought, okay, if a person is able to bridle the tongue, he's without flaw. Another way to look at it would be, if a man offend not in word, the same is a mature man. Not saying he's never going to make a mistake. But he's a mature man if he knows how to control his tongue. And if he controls his tongue, he's able to control the rest of his body as well. Colossians. Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you... A servant of Christ saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Do you want something to pray, use as a prayer for somebody? This is a good one. Laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Perfect and complete. Fully rounded in all the will of God. That's pretty strong language. But that's that's something to pray over, I mean, for somebody. Another familiar one is Romans twelve two. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Perfect. Nothing missing. Fully rounded. Now, here's another one in Matthew. Matthew 19 is a young man that went to Jesus and says, what, what do I need to do for eternal life? Matthew nineteen sixteen, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, 
Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? All these things. Perfect. Was he perfect? Jesus looked at him and said, Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect or complete or fully rounded, go and sell what thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. So this man that was living a perfect life was missing something. He wasn't completely rounded. He didn't have that giving heart. Come and follow me. Okay, Matthew 5. We started off by saying, Be ye perfect. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. I did some pondering there too. Be ye therefore perfect. Why? Why is he telling his crowd, whoever he was speaking to, be ye therefore perfect? Even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Well, what was he just talking about here? The Old Testament. Um said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but I say unto you and that's a number of things like that those things in the Old Testament were good but there was something missing be ye therefore fully rounded out let's look at a few of these It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, um, giveth her a writing of divorcement. I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, committeth her to, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Again you have heard that it said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself. But I say unto you, Swear not at all. Let your communication be yea, yea, and nay, nay. 38. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. That's that's going... That's different. It is it going from the worm to the butterfly? <laughs> In a sense, <clears throat> give to him that asketh, turn not away. Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? 
Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect. Be ye therefore complete, mature, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So what some of these things that we looked at uh, would tell us what that perfect or complete man would have. But let's think of the phrase, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. What does the perfect or complete man look like? A mature man. And a lot of these come out of the Psalms. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that... What, how does it go? Standeth? I'm blanking. Somebody want to quote it? and sit. Walk, stand, and sit in uh, in the company of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest when God calls. We answer him. Blessed is a man that the Lord does not impute iniquity. When he looks on you, what is his what is his what is his label? Does he say, Is there iniquity there or is there forgiveness? Blessed is a man. Blessed is a man whom thou chasteneth. We don't like that one. But it is good. It was for a good thing, a good reason. Blessed is a man that endureth temptation. We are quick to turn when that temptation comes. Find that way of escape. Psalm 112. I think we're going to turn there and just look down through that psalm. Blessed is the man. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is that man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Do we have a respect and awe and a reverence for God? Do we delight greatly in his commandments? Or are we saying, "Mm, I don't feel like doing that one. Are we delighting greatly? His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness forever. Endureth forever. Um, and there's there's a few others down through here. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid. Uh, 
Verse 7, his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Uh, In Ephesians, it talks about being swept about with every wind of doctrine. A perfect man, a blessed man, has his anchor. He's not blown about by doctrines, false doctrines. Unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious, full of compassion and righteous. Gracious, full of compassion and righteous. A good man sheweth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will not be moved forever. Verse 9, he hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. Now, you want an easy one to take along with you. What does God require of us? Micah 6, 8. I can find it here. Here we go. Micah 6, 8. He hath shewed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. What does a perfect man look like? He does what is right. Do justly. Love mercy. Is mercy something that shines out in us or is it the opposite? Got to get even with that one. And to walk humbly with thy God. Yes, Lord. Whatever you say, thank you for what you're giving. And even if it is correction, I'll I'll walk humbly with you. We all want to be perfect. We all want to be the butterfly, right? And not the worm. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer again. Father, we come to you at the close of this message and say, it's our heart's desire to be perfect, to be complete, to be mature. Help us. Show us where we lack. Show us where we are as children tossed to and fro. Lord, help us instead to be mature and complete in all the will of God. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.